On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to get out of your own way in business and in life, how to check where you're at in business and life, and really just get a pulse for how you're doing. And number three is how to sell books, a lot of books, and spend over 2,500 hours on stage building your business. Let's go. As soon as you listen to this podcast, you will immediately notice the amount of confidence that Bob has. He exudes confidence in every word that he dictates and an incredibly smart guy. Um, I had the, the opportunity to speak with, with Bob for uh, around 30 minutes or so. Um, he's a national speaker and entrepreneur that spent over 2,500 hours on stage helping people, more than 7,000 people across the United States. He's an Amazon uh, bestseller uh, and best author uh, and, and has been personally responsible for helping thousands of entrepreneurs generate millions of profit. He primarily resides in the real estate space, um, helping uh, uh, residential primarily uh, and some commercial real estate agents. Um, He's also been featured as a uh, Forbes uh, real estate council. Uh, real estate council. Um, he's been in ABC, published in ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, Yahoo News, Small Business Trendsetters. I mean, the list goes on and on. Bob's done uh, and a lot of incredible things uh, throughout his his relatively you know, short business career. Um, the guy is killing it. Um, but would love to hear your thoughts uh, about uh, the conversation. Uh, but without further ado. Congratulations to you, Bob, um, and here's today's episode. This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Today, we have with me Bob McIntosh. Bob, how's your day going? I'm fantastic. How kinda, are you? I kind of like morphed your last name and your first name all in one. You're like Bab for a second. I'm like some guy in <laughs> Boston that like I've never even heard of. Um, it's all right. It's it's a very complicated first name to pronounce, so I get it. Yeah, it definitely definitely is. Um, but Bob, you're you're a a best selling author and entrepreneur. Um, but before we get into the heavy hitting questions and just delivering a ton of value to the people listening and watching, we have to start the podcast off the same way we do every single time, and that is with an icebreaker. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat and what are you going to order in order to make your day complete? Uh, ooh, well, I guess it depends on where I am, but if, if I had it, if I, if I could eat anywhere and order anything, um, it would be at Knickerbocker Bar and Grill in Manhattan on University and 9th, and I would order the T-Bone um, it comes in T-bone for one, two, three, or four people, sized appropriately for that many folks. Um, it sits down on your table with a little plate underneath, so it goes like this, so all the juice kind of comes to the bottom. The guy comes by with two spoons. He picks the pieces up and puts them on your plate for you, and then spoons the juice on top of it, and it is phenomenal. Best steak I've ever had in my life. So would you get it for one, two, or three, or four people if it's just for yourself? Um, ooh, Remember, this probably is the just for one ever. because you got to you got to save room for the chocolate souffle for dessert, which is also phenomenal. So you know, can't fill it up all on steak. I, I you know, I, I respect that. I respect that, <laughs> that decision. Um, but but again, thanks for uh, thanks for being on the show, and we're just gonna get right to it. Um, being blind in business is something that we're always trying to overcome. We've all all felt that period of being lost. 
Um, can you talk about a period uh, in your life, in your business career, where you felt lost and you just needed to find a way to overcome those obstacles? Uh, I only have to pick one. <laughs> Um, I, I think the, the biggest period of time for me feeling lost was, uh, actually at the very beginning of my real estate business. And that's simply because our very first deal, we lost about 40 grand on that deal. And I was like, Oh my God, like, do I keep on going? Do I, do I push through and try to figure out this, what I did wrong and how I can make money? Do I just quit and go from there and just not, not move forward? Um, I think that was probably one of the first and biggest moments uh, or blind spots is just I don't even know what to do at this point you know you, you, you just feel you, like I had like the life sucked out of me with this loss and I just didn't know what to do from there and how to move forward initially yeah so you you have this book this number one uh, best-selling book and it talks about just how to get out and get out of your own way so can you talk to me a little bit about that aspect? Why did you write this book? Why is it needed? Yeah, so um, if you're watching the video version, uh, there's a picture of the book. But um, the the idea of the book, Get Out of Your Own Way, was simply because of this. It, it spawned um, – the idea had always kind of been in my head and I've been throwing around some ways to, to take it. But really, um, the I'll say the clinching moment for saying this is the direction the book needs to go was um, at an event, you know, and, and I've done – I've been on – you know, 2,500 hours on stages, spoken to 7,000 people. And I kept seeing the same thing over and over. But really, there was one moment where I'm talking to this lady. She's been in business as a real estate investor for about seven months at this point in time. And she still hasn't launched her website because her logo wasn't perfect. And I, and I just, and I, like, to me, that was just like, whoosh, like someone slapping me in the face going, what? What do you, what do you mean you haven't? Who cares about your logo? No, like nobody cares. Your logo is irrelevant to 99.9% of people, right? Like your logo is, is not going to impact your ability to do business. Your, what you're offering does, how well you do it. Like a million other things are way more important than your logo. And I just – I was like how, seven months you have zero web presence because you don't have a logo. And I just – it just – it was mind blowing to me that that could be a thing. Um, and so it was really at that point that um, I was like, okay, this this book needs to happen because um, I need to help people like that. And by the way, you know, when we talk about, you know, blind spots and we talk about people getting in their own way or anything of that nature, I, I no matter from no matter how much success I have and just as guilty of a lot of things. And so a lot of things in my book specifically talk about the things that I I faced and how I overcame them so that I can share what I took away as well as what many other business owners out there. Cause I talked to six, seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners um, and what they did and the things that they had and how they got out of their, their own way as well. Um, so it's not, you're, you're not alone in that. If you feel like you're getting in your own way. You feel like you have a lot of blind spots. You're definitely not alone in that, in that feeling. Everyone goes through that. Everyone. I don't care who they are, how successful they've been. Everyone has that. So um, let's talk about the fundamental things that without going into too much detail because we do have to buy the book, right? Um, but <laughs> Hopefully. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything in particular that you uh, is a constant theme um, or maybe some takeaways, some lessons that you've learned and that you could share with us today on the podcast? 
yeah. So the, the number one thing I like talking about, it's probably my favorite chapter in the book. Uh, there's a lot in the book, but my favorite chapter is excellence over perfection. And really what that comes down to is that, hey, listen, on uh, in business, um, a lot of us, a lot of us as entrepreneurs are perfectionists. The reason we start a business is because our life, our situation, our experience or whatever isn't perfect for us. And so we go start a business because we can make it what we want, um, i.e. be perfect. Um, and that's that's a great thing to have, right? That's how we push ourselves forward. That's how entrepreneurs can become successful because we have that drive to go make things perfect. The problem with that drive is the same thing is that we want things to be perfect. And when we start out, that's fine, right? Because we're the only one in the business usually. But when we reach a certain point and we need to scale, we need to just get things out there to make money, to grow the business, to hire employees or whatever it's gonna be, whatever you are at, that same perfectionism is the same thing that's gonna hold you back. Um, because you're like, oh, I, I can't hire so-and-so because they can't do it as good as I can. Uh, and, and I'd be willing to bet there's a lot of you listening right now that have, have said that. Oh, they can't. They're not as good as me. They can't do it as well as I can. They can't do it as fast as I can. Blah, 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 whatever it is. And um, the, the reason that I s preface that is that when we talk about excellence versus perfection, there's a, there's a big gap between the two. And here's the, the, the difference. Perfection can only ever be internally defined. Excellence is always externally defined. And so when we look at it, right, only you can define your perfect, your perfect day, your perfect business, your perfect product, your perfect whatever. Because for you, it's going to be different than it is for me. The problem when we pursue perfection in our business is that we're pursuing it for ourselves, not for our customers. We're having an internal focus, not an external focus. And that will never get you what you want in business because you're focusing on yourself and not the people you're trying to serve. So rather than trying to be perfect, I challenge you to be excellent. And here's a perfect example of this. Well, maybe not a, an excellent example of this <laughs> um, is let's take a look at the iPhone versus Samsung's Android phone. And I use Samsung just because everyone knows who they are and everyone knows who the iPhone are. And there's a lot of examples of this, but this one's pretty universal that most people can understand. So between these two phones, you've got the iPhone, right? And um, the iPhone very often does not have the latest and greatest, does not have the new gadgets, new features, new function and all that. It never has those things. In fact, if you look at the change between iPhone and iPhone, the changes are always very incremental, tiny. They're like a little bit here, a little bit here. But the one thing that Apple can do very, very well is that everything in their phone works great. Right. You're not going to have things crashing for the, for, for the most part. Right. Everything tends to work very well. On the other hand, you've got a Samsung and the Samsung is going to cram every new piece of technology they possibly can into that phone. And it may not work that well. It may not even it may not even be something that you even use. But they're like, oh, look, we've got the latest and greatest. We have all these fancy bells and whistles that the iPhone doesn't. Now, which one's right? Neither. Right. Because for some people, having all the latest and greatest makes an excellent phone. Like for myself, that that's me, right? I always have Android phones. Why? Because I want all the, the, the new things. I love tinkering with the new things, seeing what they got going on, stuff like that. For other folks, they don't care about that. They just want it to work great. And so iPhone is excellent for them. Neither phone is perfect according to, from, from my perspective and from most people's perspective, right? There's always gonna be something wrong, missing, um, the price is too high or whatever it's gonna be. But both phones, I think pretty much everyone will agree, are excellent at what they do. There's just 
that excellence is defined by us. What do we find excellent in that phone? And that's the key, right? So think about your business when you think about this as are you creating excellence or are you creating perfection? Perfection can never be achieved and it's only something that you can define, which means you're, you're, you focus internally instead of externally. And so I challenge you to stop doing that and say, what's going to be excellent for my customers, my users, my whatever your business is, the people that are using your products and services, what will be excellent from them? And only they can define that. So if you're not asking them, ask them. Have them tell you what they want, then go build it, and it'll be excellent, even if it's not perfect. So, uh, I you're you're talking about the story, and I can totally relate to it. Um, you know, as a former agency type business that's now turned SaaS, um, I can totally see exactly what you're saying because that's exactly why it didn't work in the first time. Um, we never asked the customers what they wanted and how they wanted to be served. So, my question <laughs> to you is. Um, to the people that you've interacted with, you've spoke to, is there any uh, clear strategy that has worked for your customers, that has worked for the people that you're you're mentoring um, to go out there, reach out, get out, uh, so to speak, and to ask your customers, what do you want? Yeah. Um, ironically, it's never been easier to do that with social media. So if we look at both Twitter and Facebook now, and, and I'd be willing, and to some extent Instagram, if we look at stories, um, there's now polling features available right in all three of those social platforms, which pretty much covers the major ones, right? Uh, LinkedIn, well, I'm sure we'll have it at some point in time if they don't already. They're always a little bit behind things, but they copy what Facebook does anyways, so they just, it'll be there soon enough, right? Um, and, um, and, and, and just to be clear, I'm going to steal a little bit from Ty Lopez because um, this is his advice at one of the events I saw him at recently, which is pull your audience until they're sick of hearing from you. Five to 10% of your audience should be like, oh my God, another freaking poll. Are you kidding me? Right? Because the other 90 to 95% are going to be like, yes, like they're finally listening to me, the, you know, the person using my, that product or service, whatever it is. And they're going to be super excited. And five to 10% that get pissed off, well, they're probably not your, your core users anyways. Who cares about them? So use polls on Facebook, in groups, um, on Instagram stories, on Twitter, there's a polling feature too, and just ask them, right? And then understand why they're answering too. So it's not just good enough to say, okay, here's the answer. Um, once you get the answer, dive into the why. Because if you can understand the why they're answering, what you might find is that it, the, the one downside with a poll is that the poll results will only tell you what you're asking. They won't tell you what you're not asking. So I can give someone a choice between three things and it'll pick one of those three. But the reason they pick that that one may not be because it's the best answer. It's because it's the best of the three given. So if you start to understand why this was the chosen answer, then I can understand, well, maybe there's a better answer than this one that I didn't consider because I was internally focused, not externally focused. So pull your audience, ask them, um, send out emails, tell them to reply to your email. If you have to, if you, if you're like, I don't know, social media, or maybe you just, you're not big in social media. You probably have an email list. Great. Use the email list, ask them there, just say, Hey, reply back with your answer. Um, it's not the most effective way or efficient use of your time, but it will at least give you the information you want. Um, and so just, just constantly be asking the questions and finding out what those answers are and then make adjustments from there. Don't, make leaps, make adjustments. So I can say in full confidence, I think you're the first person to ever quote Ty Lopez on the show. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, shout out to Ty Lopez for, for the mention. Um, 
but everything you just said is so much merit and and um you're you're definitely on to something uh as you i'm sure probably know being able to stand in front of i think what the number is 2500 hours worth of speaking and um have helped more than 7000 people across the united states i mean that's that's a huge number so in order to get there right because we all have to walk before we can run um selling yourself and selling your services and selling your book, whatever it may be, is extremely difficult. So um, what would you say has been your, how are you able to achieve your quote unquote first 100 customers? What techniques did you use? Let's let's go over the secret sauce. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the easiest way to answer that question would be in, in terms of the book itself. So, you know, how do I sell my first hundred copies? Or in fact, actually on, on day one, we sold uh, day one alone. I think we sold almost 500 copies of the book just right then. Um, and, and the answer, um, it's multifaceted, but the, the heart and the overarching theme is to just be continuously promoting what you have with confidence. And that's a key component I think a lot of folks leave off. I can promote things all day long. But listen, if I'm sitting here um, on a podcast and I'm like this, hey, guys, yeah, I'm, I'm Bob. I I wrote a book. It's it's good. You should probably check it out. I mean, you know, if, if you want and you, you kind of like it, you, you know, it's cool, right? You're going to be like, what? Like, you have no respect for me at that point, regardless of like, I could literally have the most life changing book in ever written in the history of mankind in my hands. But if I don't promote it with confidence, both those things, it's never going to happen. It's never going to go anywhere. Um, and, and it's true, right? Perception is reality. And, and we could tie that back to any number of things. Take a look at every single president. Generally speaking, a president's approval rating has less to do with what they're actually doing versus how they're being perceived to do. Do they get up on stages on TV and speak with confidence or are they bumbling around sounding like a retard? Right. And, and not to, you know, whatever that word. But the point is that it's the perception. So you, you got to get out there and promote yourself. So one of the things that I did, for example, with my book was um, it. It was literally an entire year of marketing the book before it ever came out. Um, and that goes all the way down to simple screenshots of the word count on Microsoft Word saying, hey, I'm writing a book. Here's how many words I got, right? And people are like, oh, you're writing a book? And they want to know about it, right? Building that excitement down to, okay, um, I already knew the title of my book before I started. And then I hired a marketing consultant who told me, no, that's a terrible name. And I was like, BS, this is the best name for the book. This is the name. He's like, I'll tell you what, let's do some polls, um, tying it back to that, right? And ask your audience, what do they think, right? And if they choose your book name, great, we'll go with it. But if they don't, you have to agree with the go with the one they choose. I'm like, deal, because I already knew that my book name was going to win. Didn't matter. So we put a poll out there and uh, we had 117 people. Um, just on Facebook alone, vote on the title name and guess whose book title won? Not mine. I got one vote out of 117 for my book title. And I was like, what? Like, so we, we, we think we know everything. Right. And a lot of times we're going to find that we don't. And so, you know, but also in addition to that, not only did it show me where I was wrong, I got my, I got externally focused instead of internally focused. I also am promoting now the book title. Now everyone feels like they're part of the book. So when it comes out, they feel like they've had some say in creating it, and therefore they're more likely to become a customer of the book because of that. Then, you know, we go from there. Then 
um, you know, it had a book launch party. So I had people, you know, hashtagging the book. I had people taking pictures of the book, um, you know, like everything I could do to promote it. And every time I talked about the book, I didn't just say, well, I'm a badass and you should buy the book. I talked about why it's going to be important for them. And that's a huge thing, right? So I spoke with confidence and promoted with confidence what's going to be in it for them if they buy this book. Um, and, and I think that is the reason the book has been such a big success is simply because it's not about me. It's about them. And how do I help them do better in business, better in life, better in whatever it is that they need to get out of their own way in and make it about them with so, confidence. So I, I have to ask just a quick question. Like what was the name of the book that you that you had? Uh, so the initial name of the book was just going to be done is better than perfect, mm-hmm. which because I mean, a lot of this is about that, right? It's about just getting things done and, and making your way through it, which makes complete sense to me in terms of a title, but just is not sexy. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's a it's a great phrase. People like the phrase, but compared to get out of your own your own way. And you know why? Um, and it, maybe a marketing tip for those of you guys listening or uh, listening or, or uh, watching this. And it's because of this simple word right here. Your. When we read something, the, the word you, your, or any variation therein is way more powerful because now it's about me externally, not me, 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 but them, me, them saying, oh, yeah, I do need to get out of my own way. And now it speaks to them at a different level. Even though the message is essentially the same as done is better than perfect, it doesn't talk to them. Done is better than perfect is telling them they need to go do something. Getting out of your way is usually going I need to do something, and that's more powerful to someone. Um, so that's that's part of why I, I think it did better. I never actually dove into the why, but that's what a few people share with me. So I'm going to assume it was probably the case. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's good stuff. Now, um, if if there was one individual that you would love to meet to further your business, um, who would it be and why? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, and I love this question. Uh, actually, I was just on another podcast recording and asked a very similar question, and the answer is Winston Churchill. Hmm. Um, and the reason I, reason I say him and I honestly, I don't even know why I, I said him last, but then I, I realized it's actually a, to me, a brilliant choice, which is <laughs> tying back to promoting yourself with confidence, right? Here's a guy who in literally one of the worst periods of time in human history, maybe not the worst, but one of the worst managed to not only inspire an entire nation and not just his nation, but several nations managed to be perceived as one of the greatest minds of his time. Um, everywhere he went was revered before and after and during the war. Um, and yet every time you saw him, he was never like, oh, guys, we're screwed. Like middle bombing their entire country, right? And London's basically bombed off of the face of the map. And he's like, yo, we're going to go get it. We're going to win. How I would love to know how do you maintain that mindset in that time because if you could if you could tap that and understand how his mind worked and how he managed to stay stay and inspire an entire country during a time when thousands tens of hundreds of thousands are dying um imagine what you could do in a time like today where it's relatively peaceful very few folks are dying compared to that point in time and generally speaking the people that we're talking to right it's a great time to be alive. So if you could, if you can inspire, take that confidence in a crappy time, but apply it to an amazing time, imagine what you could do. Like that would be mind blowing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, habits. So habits in business are incredibly important. We all have them. We all have things that make us tick. 
Um, are there, is there any type of habit that has helped you become more efficient throughout your day? Uh, more efficient. Um, yes and no. Um, I, I'm a bad person for habits overall, but the few that I have applied most specifically, um, are cutting out the BS. Um, and, and that, and, and I mean, cutting it out like, like a cancer, not like, well, you know, I'm just not gonna do that anymore. Like, no, I'm going to obliterate you with lasers, scissors, guns, you know, chemicals. I don't care what you're gone. Um, and the BS for me is number one, more, more often than not email 90%. I get like 300 and something emails a day, probably 95% are BS. I don't need to read them. I don't need to be responding to you. Um, half the time I get an email for something and then if I let it sit for long enough, they've gone and figured it out without having to bother me in the first place. They were just lazy, didn't want to do it. So they thought they'd email me instead of going out and doing it themselves. Um, and so, uh, I, am I'm, I'm very bad about answering emails, um, in general. Um, I like, you know, unless I know, or I am on the lookout for an email for a particular purpose. Um, cause I think people waste too much time in email all day long. I love Tim Ferriss's, uh, email hack, which is like twice a day, check your email, batch that activity, get rid of it. Um, I'm actually going to be hiring a personal assistant very soon and she's going to basically take care of that for me now. Probably even responding to a lot of the emails for me just because, um, I found it to be one of the least efficient uses of my time. And the moment I start cutting out email, my, my productivity skyrockets because all of a sudden we don't realize it, but we spend so much time on email, whether it be, you know, on our mobile devices, whether it be on our computers, wherever it is. I remember when I had my old job before I started business, um, I got a program that tracked how, how often I had any application open on my computer and we used Outlook for email at the time. So it was like, uh, I, that's what we used. And so I remember in one week I had spent 13 hours of my week in, in email in outlook. And I went, what? Right. And, and I just, that, that's insane. There's just no, there's no reason for that. So I challenge you guys to, to get away from email, start training folks. This is what everyone in my businesses knows about me now. If, uh, you really need a response quickly, like truly, truly honest, this, these things to be taken care of, you know, within a few hours or less, you are going to call me. Um, but the catch is if you call me with BS, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to hear it from me, right? Like, no, you don't waste my time with a phone call for BS. That's what email is for. Right. Um, and I think that's a huge piece. Just train folks to understand that email is for whatever communication you'll get back to them as soon as you can. Phone calls or texts are for immediate response only for important things. And I think you're going to find you to be a way, way more efficient with your time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love to hear, um, you always hear people like trying to get out of the, the email woes, but you never hear people who are like 100% successful at it. You know, like I would, I want to talk to, I mean, maybe you are successful. I don't know, but I know for me, like I, 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 I try to preach it and say, get out of your inbox. But like, even so, like yesterday I found myself just being in my inbox all day and it, it, and just like, so I can totally relate to that feeling of just being like, Oh my God, this damn inbox again, you know? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you, do you spend more time in your inbox on your computer or on your phone? Computer. Computer. Okay. So, uh, here's a trick that, that I've done that helps me just close it. Yeah. No, just I've, yeah, no, I've done it. it. I've done it. I, I could say I'm much better at it, but I, there's always like that one day of the month, you know, where you're just like, 
God damn it. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think the notifications, uh, no notifications on my phone or on my computer at all. Um, and then I usually close it out. So yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good hack, but there's still that like, do you always have that tendency of always trying to go back to it? Even though like, you know, that, yeah, like, I, I wish there was I a think... button like a zapper or something like that, that. Well, so that, that's, that's part of the problem, right? Um, there, there's an inherent um, dopamine release in our bodies when we answer an email because we feel good. Like, oh, yes, I got that taken care of. And we've, especially as entrepreneurs, we train ourselves that taking care of things, getting things done um, feels good. It's like, yeah, I'm making progress. So we feel like we're moving forward, but we're really actually not. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there, there, I know there's, um, I know there's, there's a, a device out there that will zap you when you do certain things. I don't know if you can tie it to your email or not. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, or not yeah. but, um, you know, I, I mean, I, it, I'll be the first to admit, yeah, I find myself every once in a while back in my email. It's becoming less and less so. I think once I hire my personal assistant on yeah. and she's taking care of a lot of that, I think that'll be really where the true freedom happens because now I can feel confident to know that my email is being taken care of. It's happening. It just doesn't have to be me anymore. Yeah, exactly. um, but I know that not everyone's at that level to be able to afford or bring someone on like that. So it doesn't necessarily always make sense. Um, one of the things, like you said, turn off all your notifications. Um, there is um, – uh, on your phone, most phones, smartphones have an ability now to um, turn off all colors. So everything's like black and white or very like grayscale. Um, there's a we phones are designed to have bright colors and things popping up and all this stuff because it's it again that same dopamine release happens when we see fun we're like ooh yay right and um, you, if you turn that off you'll find yourself much less attracted to your phone because it's, it seems more boring um, and if you can associate that boringness with your email that will help I, I don't personally do that but I know a lot of people who do and have had had success with that too so could be could be a way to, to help for any of you guys listening that are. Um, addicted to your phone with email, which I know plenty of folks who are. Absolutely. Last question for you. Um, the Blind Entrepreneur pod Podcast was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business and cannot see the obvious as stated before. So uh, to those individuals, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? Yeah. So if you're finding yourself blind or I guess if you don't know you're blind, even worse, right? Number one is just stop, take your pulse, check your status. Where are you at? What are you doing? What are you working on? Um, and you decide what that looks like for you. Um, it could be checking in once an hour, once a day, once a week, whatever it looks like for you. Um, just stop and ask yourself, is what I'm doing right now driving revenue in my business? 80% of your time should be revenue generating activities. If they're not, you need to you need to cut back on those other things. And the best way to do that is just to stop, take your pulse and say, where am I at right now? How am I doing? Um, number two, uh, number two is, I think, honestly, surround yourself with the best possible people you can. Um, and I, I would challenge you to push yourself above and beyond where you think you are right now. So, for example, um, I just for the second time re-upped on a $25,000 mastermind. To me, spending twenty five grand on a mastermind is like, ooh, that's, that's a, a stretch for me right now, right? But I know that I'm getting value by surrounding myself with folks who are thinking at the next level. Almost everyone, not everyone, but almost everyone in that business has at least a seven-figure business. Many have eight and a few have nine-figure businesses. That's the kind of people that I want to be around because if you're running a nine-figure business, you figured some things out. And I want to know how – I want to know what you did to get there and I want to be around someone like you to push myself to get myself there. And – and so that's that's the kind of people that I want to be around. So I push yourself to to get around as many of the people like that as you possibly can. 
And um, number three, and I, this goes back to what we already all talked about, is ask and pull your audience. Talk to them again, right? They're going to show you where your blind spots are that you probably didn't know you even had um, because they're looking at it differently than you are. And so just, you know, I don't want to hammer on this again, but ask, 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 ask constantly. Set yourself right now a goal to ask once a week, once a day even. Um, shoot, if you can, if you feel confident, go for it twice or three times a day. Ask them what's going on um, and what they like, what they don't like, um, how it's perceived, um, what's their experience, um, everything. Ev every. If there's an aspect of your business that you uh, um, are working in or a part of, Ask what your customer's experience of that aspect is and see what they say. You, you're going to be surprised more often than not, I think. Good. Very good stuff, Bob. So, Bob, you've successfully completed the podcast, man. So congratulations to you. Uh, the <laughs> next 30 seconds is all yours. Go right ahead and tell everybody about how they can learn about you, how they can be a part of your journey, uh, become a customer, buy the book, hint, hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> let, us, let us know how we can do that. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, what I would say is if you want to get a copy of the book, which I would very much appreciate, um, is you head to um, bobmackintoshbook.com, bobmackintoshbook.com. When you go there, um, you'll be able to sign up to get access to some free interviews that I did, uh, as well as access to the book. Um, the book's on Amazon, too. If you just want to go to Amazon, you can buy it there. Otherwise, you can find me um, on pretty much any social network at the Bob McIntosh um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, whatever else there is. I'm, I'm probably space. there as well. Yeah, MySpace. You know yeah. what? Maybe. You know, just look for Tom. I'm, I'm friends with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, to those that are still watching and listening, thanks for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and head over to theblindentrepreneur.com for more interviews. Being blind in business is temporary, and I hope after listening to the wisdom of Bob today, you are now able to see, see more clearly. Go out there and execute your vision. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.